0: Remember to eat your fruits and vegetables. We all remember these words from our childhood. But how does anyone have time to buy, store, prepare, and eat enough healthy fruits and vegetables in our busy lives? Balance of Nature keeps it simple. Our produce is powdered after an advanced vacuum-cold process, which stabilizes the maximum nutrient content. The produce is then mixed into a scientifically researched blend designed with your body and mind. Once these blends are encapsulated, they are packaged and sent right to your door. So you can get all the benefits of a colorful variety of fruits and vegetables every day. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-2468-751. And don't forget to get 35% off your first order as a preferred customer by using discount code KATE.
1: Guys, right now you can get sheets, the most incredible sheets you've ever had in your life, like your grandma's sheets on her bed, like the amazing quality sheets, crisp and clean. And I mean, just amazing quality. They stay like that after every wash. You can pick up these sheets at MyPillow.com right now for 60% off. This is such a huge deal. Please go to MyPillow.com and take advantage of it, but you got to put in the code word KATE, K-A-T-E. Go get the pillows. The slippers are 50% off. The most amazing products, plus you're helping Truth and Radio. I mean, is there anything better? Seriously, it's Truth and Radio. You're actually helping the truth get out while getting wonderful products go to mypillow.com and put in code kate k-a-t-e to get the deals uh, that you're just absolutely going to love and help mike lindell bring out the truth about election fraud help this show and really truly thank you from the bottom of my heart
2: in my 30 years as an agent i have never witnessed the conditions we are currently facing on the southwest border This is not a manufactured crisis created by those of us who live uh, and work uh, in the border area.
1: Hi there. This is a recorded show today, but uh, you are going to hear this interview with Ed Ashurst, Alligators in the Moat. And uh, this book was written in 2016. I'm actually really excited to present this today because of the fact that we have a significant problem, don't we, on our border. And this book, Alligators in the Moat, by Ed Ashurst, Politics in the Mexican Border, just exposes so much that I really wanted you to be able to really get some insight on what it's like to live on the border. Before we get rolling, I just wanted to remind you, please go get... The uh, Kate Dally Show coin. I know ninety nine dollars. It seems like a lot, and is a lot for some people. I get it. But this coin actually puts something back in your pocket, and um, you know forty forty five bucks back in your pocket with silver. You know you can wear a hat, you can wear a T shirt, but this actually puts money back in your pocket. And look, the show needs it. Truth and Radio needs it. And if you like shows like this, uh, the only way we can keep going is because of you. So please go to KateDallyRadio.com and get the collector's coin while it's available. It says, f- be fearless, be, fa- be faithful, be fearless on it. And it's just a beautiful coin, comes in a beautiful case. You'll love it. You'll love it. Uh, and thank you for supporting Truth and Radio and free speech. Also, balance of nature. Make sure you get balance of nature, please, because uh, we need our immune systems to be the best they can be right now. And maybe you don't even realize your immune system is down. Make sure that you're getting balance of nature. Go to balanceofnature.com. code word Kate, 35% off free shipping, 30 day money back guarantee. You don't like it, send it back, but I think you're going to love it and uh I do my family does and we won't go without it so our bodies need it make sure that you're taking the food supplement the one that's actually going to do what it says it's going to do balance of nature all right ed ashurst ed can you tell us a little bit about what what brought you to write this book and just kind of uh get to some of the points as far as 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 your experience what you were noticing i mean you got to the point where it was almost as if you had to write this book people had to know what was going on and to to connect the dots with the drug trade going on down on the border.
2: Well, uh, yeah, I think you could say I had to read it to, for my own sanity, Uh, I'm a lifelong Arizona resident. Saturday, I will be 65 years old, so I'm not a spring chicken anymore. But uh, being involved in the livestock industry my entire life, third, fourth generation Arizona cowboy, if you will, 20 years ago, I moved here to Cochise County, the very far southeast corner of Arizona, about 150 miles southeast of Tucson, uh, to manage a large cow outfit, and uh, I had been in this area 40-some years ago on another large ranch, so I was really no stranger to it. I've been in Arizona my whole life. Mm -hmm. And 20 years ago, if somebody would have asked me what the situation on the border was, I would have told them that I understood, when the truth is I understood nothing. Mm. And what I saw when I moved here, where I currently am and have been for 20 years... It was like walking through a door and somebody hitting me between the eyes with a baseball bat. Wow. I couldn't, could not fathom what I was seeing with my own eyes. Uh, daily, virtually every day, you would see large groups of illegal aliens, anywhere from a half a dozen to, I have helped the Border Patrol catch three bunches of over 150 on the ranch where I live. And I say I helped them. They would not have caught them without me. I found them, I called the border patrol, I took the border patrol by the hand and led them to the groups. One time on the west side of Douglas, Arizona, about Mm -hmm. two miles west of town, my wife and I were driving along. We were returning from Bisbee, which is the county seat And we saw 600 aliens run across the highway at one time. Six
1: hundred. It
2: was about two miles north of the Mexican border and about two miles west of the town of Douglas. And uh, they were actually laughing and giggling, and the Border Patrol was screaming, stop, stop, and uh, they weren't stopping. They might have caught 30 or 40 of them. I don't know another time I saw a couple hundred on my way home from church mm-hmm. one Sunday we were leaving church driving back to the ranch and here came two illegal aliens driving a pickup that belonged to the ranch the opposite direction toward town uh, had several vehicles stolen, people breaking into the house in the middle of the night when people were in the house <laughs> finally in March of 2010 uh, outlaw Illegal alien, murdered my neighbor, Rob Krentz. I am the guy that called the county sheriff that night about 5.30 in the evening.
1: Because he had broken into your son's home to steal food.
2: The outlaw into Mexico the next day.
1: He had broken so, in, right, Ed? He had broken into your son's home and stolen food yes, it turned
2: Yes, it turned out the same guy broke into my son's home. My son, my oldest boy, worked for me for 10 years. He has four daughters, four beautiful granddaughters, and they luckily were not home. They got home and found out that somebody had got into their house and got some food out of a freezer and they called the county sheriff about the same time i called they called the sheriff's office and a deputy showed up to fill out a crime report while i was actually talking to larry deaver the county sheriff telling them that rob was missing the food that the guy stole out of the freezer in my son's home was found at the crime scene Along with a half a dozen empty forty caliber cartridges that actually killed Rob, so it was the same guy. And uh, I helped track the guy into Mexico the next day.
1: Wow, you know. So
2: the, when that happened, uh, mm-hmm. things went ballistic around here. You know, they were already upside down. Anybody, anyway, everybody was stressed out. But I started speaking out. And I had the opportunity. I was on Fox News. i have been interviewed multiple times by the largest newspapers in the world, and et cetera, et cetera. And I had been dabbling in writing anyway. I, I mm-hmm. actually have written five books. and uh, this Alligators in the Moats, my fifth book. But I finally came to a point, that I told myself you need to write a book so when somebody asks you what's going on down there you can just say here read the book (laughs) that's the truth
1: that is the truth in fact you've had so many cases of burglary so have your neighbors you have had you've been entertaining and touring congressional uh people you've had elected officials that you've taken on tours uh where uh, uh where your neighbor was murdered where where you could stand at the border and look To the east and to the west and not see a border agent in sight i mean miles for miles correct and you would show them this
2: yeah that's well documented people when one of the phenomena that you find when you live here it's very frustrating but you go 20 30 50 miles north of here let alone 500 and people really do not understand the dynamic of what is happening here. Yeah. And they they just don't know. And the government, and the Republicans are just as bad as the Democrats. They, they always
1: are. <laughs> they are.
2: Use that, yeah. They use that lack of uh, information and the ignorance of the middle America to hide the truth. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand what's going on down here. So the truth is the border patrol, regardless of what anybody tells you, the border patrol is not on the border. No. I can take you to several places and I'm not talking a mile or two expanse. I'm talking 10, 20, 50, 60, 80 miles at a time. Where there is virtually no federal presence. Uh, And this isn't just in the state of Arizona, it's also in New Mexico and Texas that I can verify. I don't know that much about California, but I assume it's probably the same there. Yeah. Uh, There is a, we'll give you a quick example. In Presidio County, Texas, you can go on a dirt road, you can see it on the map, find Valentine, Texas. Highway 90 that goes south from Van Horn to <laughs> Valentine, Marfa, Alpine, Marathon, and eventually Del Rio. At Valentine, Texas, there is a county road that goes west to the Rio Grande River, which is the international boundary, and goes down the river through a town called Riodoso, Candelario, and eventually Presidio, which is a border city, and the county seat of Presidio, Texas. I do business with a large ranch in that area 30 miles south of Valentine and have become friends with numerous people in that area. And I was told by a cowboy and eventually confirmed it with the guy that owns the large ranch who is also a Presidio County commissioner. The cowboy told me at night the Border Patrol are instructed by their superior officers to not go down that dirt road, which is about 50 miles. Don't go down there after sundown. There's American citizens who live down there in Rio Dozo, Candelario, and numerous ranches out in the middle of nowhere, and there is absolutely no federal presence. I asked the rancher and county commissioner if that was true, I've also met the county sheriff in that county. And they say absolutely. He's not only will the border patrol not go down there, the border patrol is mad at the county because they maintain the road. And they say, well, you're helping facilitate the, the trafficking of drugs. And the county stance is there's United States citizens who live on that road, and they deserve a decent road to get their kids to school, For an ambulance to go in there and help them, or a county sheriff's deputy, or they need to get to a larger town to buy groceries, whatever. Mm -hmm. And the Border Patrol, a federal entity, does not want the county to maintain the road for the use of American citizens, and there is no federal agents there after sundown. Wow. That's just one, <laughs> just one small example of what I'm talking about. There's a man going round taking names. And he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden letter reaching down. Around.
1: Hi there! Welcome back to the Kate Daly Show. Do I have a guest for you this hour? If you're not, if you're not getting everybody you know to tune into this, you ought to. Uh, and I'll tell you something: this guest really nails it. His book is called Alligators in the Moat. It's the it's the fifth book of of five that he's written now, and this book clearly identifies the problems on the border and what is happening down there. Ed As As Ashurst, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: You betcha. And I and I welcome you because your story needs to be told and told at the top of our lungs. Honestly, that's how I feel about it. After reading it, it just blew me away. It connected a lot of dots for me of stories that I've done in the news. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, now I know. Okay, I got this now. Um, so you were talking in the beginning of a book about, in the beginning of this Alligators in the moat book, about um, the fact that you had a meeting with... Uh, John McCain and all of you ranchers uh, well a few of you were sitting there with him and got a meeting with him and you were trying to inform him about what was going on and and the problems that were ensuing I mean we're talking bales flying projectiles of drugs landing in the streets right in the neighboring city across the border uh, being fired over and just could, could be landing on citizens killing citizens honestly these are huge bales and whenever they landed no border patrol just happened to be anywhere in sight it just coincidentally nobody was there uh, to witness this but wow such amazing things were going on to the citizenry on the other side of this border on on our side on the united states side and you're
2: small
1: other side of this border on on our side on the united states side and you're trying to tell senator john mccain and one of the other senators tries to tell a story (laughs) what was your meeting like with john mccain
2: Quite bizarre, actually. We were locked in a conference room with him for an hour, and (laughs) it was obvious to me anyway uh, Mm -hmm. that he did not want to be there. He was tired of uh, angry citizens who might challenge him on a point or make make a statement. Uh, He had Mike McCall with him, who is currently the House of Representatives chairman of the... Uh, committee on Border Security, mm-hmm. and a senator from Delaware named Tom Carper, who was uh, he was uh, he was the guy that kept us entertained. He made so many stupid mistakes. At one point, he was trying to emphasize how he uh, had empathy and sympathy toward us. <laughs> and our pain of living here on the border and being killed and murdered and raped and plundered. Mm -hmm. And uh, he wanted us to know that he could feel our pain because a year or two prior to that, his home in a nice neighborhood, in Delaware had been broken into, so he he knew he Jeez. knew what it was like, and he had a neighbor that had been murdered by he said an Iraqi veteran. None of us really knew what that had to do with anything. That you were facing to the meeting, Jeez. and then he started bragging on himself that by golly they were there and they were going to get stuff done, and he said it's just like Delaware. Delaware has a chicken manure problem. We've got lots of chickens in Delaware, and all those chickens were polluting our rivers, and they were destroying uh, Chesapeake Bay. Mm -hmm. And uh, by golly, when he was uh, governor of Delaware, he got the farmers involved, and they cleaned up the chicken manure and saved the Potomac River and Chesapeake Bay. And I'm like, well... Uh, I'll be darned. I thought Delaware, most of it drained into the Delaware River, which is one river and one major.
1: Are you there? Ed? We might have lost him. All right. Uh, well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, if we did, uh, he'll be tuning right in uh, or calling back. Um,
2: I and, can hear oh, you.
1: Okay, perfect. You're back. Okay, are you there?
2: I can hear you. Okay,
1: good. I can hear you now as so, well. For some reason, I—I I don't know. Maybe we say hi to the NSA. I don't know. But uh, and so you knew that these waterways were different, and he's sitting there trying to trying to alleviate your worries by telling you he gets it.
2: <laughs> well, and it was like, what does this have to do with anything, anyway? Right. I mean, why are we having why are we having this discussion? And what, what does the fact that his home was broken into have anything to do with a national security issue on the Mexican border? Right. And uh, it was bizarre. But the best part about the meeting, at the end of the meeting, this lady, Susan Pope, mm-hmm. who was a sister to a neighbor of mine who was murdered by an outlaw Mexican drug cartel operative. mm mm-hmm. Asked Mr. McCain, who is going to decide when the border is secure? Is it going to be you or is it going to be me? And John McCain was obviously very tired of us. And he said, well, it's going to have to be the smartest people in, the world, in America. Jeez. <laughs> and the lady said, no, Mr. McCain. Who is going to decide when the border is secure? Is it going to be those of us who live here, or is it going to be you guys? And he said with a sneer on his face, it is going to be a combination of the smartest men in the world. And it was like, perhaps you will be a part of that dialogue.
1: Jeez. Uh, I bet you walked out of there just feeling like they're never going to listen, nor do they possess a brain.
2: The hotel lobby, Uh and we hear him screaming and cursing into a smartphone something about who leaked that, and he was mad because somebody had leaked the information for the Gang of Eight immigration bill that he did not want anybody to know that he had been a part of, and uh, he did not mention that to us in the meeting. Jeez. He made all kinds of statements how he was going to protect us, while at the same time he had just authored, along with Marco Rubio and Jeff Flake, or other illustrious senator, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the Gang of Eight immigration bill, which provided a pathway to citizenship for illegal aliens.
1: Jeez. So here you're watching... So many hundreds. I mean, this is nightly for you guys. This is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of immigrants. In fact, John Ladd, who owns a ranch uh, by you, actually inst- had the uh, gave permission to the Border Patrol to put up cameras, and they I, I think they had a count of what half a million on his property in 30 years. But we really should times that number by six, and so really we're looking at at three million people crossing his property uh and and a lot oftentimes the cameras just what wouldn't pick that information up because the agent one of the agents came out and tried to whistleblow a little bit by saying we're actually asked to be counterproductive we're actually asked to step back right
2: absolutely i was in washington dc this past weekend doing a bunch of interviews and uh at that same meeting was uh... the gentleman who is currently the head of the border patrol union and he actually is a pretty good guy and he said he totally backed up everything that i was telling the people And uh, there are numerous Border Patrol agents, several of whom who have testified before Congress, that are telling the public that they are being made to be unproductive. The government, the present administration, does not want them to stop illegal traffic coming across the border. What's going on right now? The Border Patrol is not on the border, but they do catch possibly one in four, maybe one in six illegals that come north. They process them, and if they don't have a criminal record, they turn those people over to ICE, which is a separate government entity. ICE is turning the people loose on the street. They are not transporting them back across, south across the Mexican border. That's what's going on today.
1: And this, and it has...
2: And so the Border Patrol... They have to say, well, we're catching them, which they're catching some of them, but ICE is not deporting them. Jeez. And that's the current policy in place.
1: And this is ramping up. Uh, the the drug part oh, of this God. the drug part of this is ramping up. In fact, you are seeing, and you were even warned by the sheriff, uh, uh, Devers. Is it Devers? You were warned by him that Devers. this Devers, this is rant, the late Devers. This is ramping up to the point where they are getting meaner, more violent about this drug war. And they there's rented warehouses on our side of the border. It seems as though everybody's turning a blind eye to this drug trade, and this drug trade is getting more and more more fierce as it's ramping up and we're being told by administrations that the border is more secure than ever
2: absolutely and that's another thing that the average American doesn't understand about 50% of the people who are getting mega wealthy trafficking illegal things across the Mexican border are American citizens it's not just Mexicans it is American citizens who are involved in the illegal trade, and this isn't a million-dollar business. This is a multi-billion with a, bill, uh, with a B, if not a trillion-dollar business. It's unregulated. There's no paper trail. uh, These people, you can be a drug trafficker in Douglas, Arizona, or Sierra Vista, Arizona, making $100,000 a year, which that would not be the top tier of these people. There's no paper trail on you. You can be driving a Cadillac Escalade, living in a $300,000 home in a nice neighborhood, but you deal in cash. There's no paper trail on you. So... In the middle of the day, your wife can take her new Escalade down to the government office and get food stamps. Jeez. And they, we're not talking about two or 300 people. We're talking about tens of thousands of people, and the government is doing nothing about it.
1: And you even Gone, wrote...
2: lad. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. John Ladd is a perfect example. On John Ladd has 10 miles of international boundary on the south side of his ranch. There is a 13-foot high solid steel fence on his property. I have been there one time with 23 congressmen. Uh, I've been there multiple times. It's been on the news multiple, multiple times since... January of 2012, there have been 53 drive-throughs where outlaws cut truck-sized holes through the steel fence. They drive... 1,500-pound dope loads in Dodge pickups right underneath 85-foot camera towers with million-dollar cameras that are supposedly monitored in a brand-new $42 million Border Patrol station that is a couple miles away right on the border. And out of 53 loads, the United States Border Patrol has not caught one of them. Jeez. They have...
0: 7 1450 This is the Kate Dally Show I
2: keep the ends Out for the tie that binds Because you're Mine, I won't
1: Welcome back to the Kate Daly Show. What a great guest we have with us. uh, Ed Ashurst, who wrote the book Alligators in the Moat. It came out in January. This is a must-read. If you'd like to connect the dots on government corruption, how far this goes, follow the money, all the things we talk about on this show, this is the book for you. I couldn't put it down. I was up all night reading, and I'm not kidding about that. Welcome, Ed.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: You betcha. So this really... Ties into so many uh, things that are going on that you really connected the dots on for me. Um, you know, millions of dollars, money was spent on the Brian Terry facility, uh, and that had to do with Fast and Furious. He was killed by a gun in the Fast and Furious, and and they spent millions of dollars on a gun range that they don't even use. We, we're talking, we're talking so much money is involved that you do an entire chapter or two on the on the on the issue that not only is the money getting corrupted that's being sent because it's not helping the, the border agents are still not at the border. They're 50 to a hundred miles out, but they have a very strange way of, of solving this problem. And the border, the border patrol wants to root it out of the cities first as its main objective, uh, illegals. And shouldn't the main objective be on the border and then the rural and then the cities, but they do it completely backwards It's cities and then rural and then border.
2: Yeah, that's a well-publicized policy that the Border Patrol came up with probably 25 years ago Mm -hmm. to secure the cities first, which in a way makes sense. That's where the major population is, and they've been pretty successful at that. Although there is a huge corruption issue at the ports of entry, Mm Mm-hmm and there's still a tremendous amount of drugs and illegal activity coming through the ports on a daily basis but there are not people jumping the fence in the towns and going north they have driven that illegal crossing out into the rural areas and this area where i live in the far southeast corner of arizona was actually their last Planned. I mean, they intended on this being kind of the last holdout, mm. and uh, they've been very successful. At that. <laughs> Jeez. They haven't stopped it anywhere. Right. Uh, it's very bad in the Nogales, Arizona area, especially west of Nogales, from Nogales to the Indian Reservation, a mm-hmm. hundred miles west, and it's real bad. In this area, it's very bad in Hidalgo County, New Mexico. Which is adjacent to where I live, just east of me, Mm -hmm. and it's very bad in the Rio Grande Valley, lower Rio Grande Valley of Texas, and like Presidio County and that area.
1: Yeah, one of the one of the conclusions that you came to and reminded me so much of a broadcast that we just did about the BLM was how the Border Patrol, uh, and we could get into a whole section on the executive order that came out about wages and those federal wages being raised um, and people being compensated for their loyalty to the government sort of thing. But what was interesting to me was we had just done a story on uh, the BLM and how they move people around constantly. how, How the constant training mode is hurting the issues because nobody's trained or nobody establishes relationships with anyone in the towns that they're going to. And it was a curious answer that came down from the Border Patrol as to why they do this. And they do it with the BLM. Them. They do it with the Border Patrol, but they move people constantly around so they're never the, it's never the same person to establish a relationship. And their answer just drove me nuts when they said what that answer was. They don't keep anyone anywhere for 18 months. Why? Because it'll stress them out. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. It was ludicrous.
2: Well, in the Border Patrol's case... Uh They say it's uh, an old war battle philosophy that a combat veteran can only take so many months at a time in a combat zone. And you have to give him some relief, especially uh, high up commanding officers.
1: But where's the war, John? So but where's the war? But where's the war?
2: I mean, On the one hand, Jay Johnson, Janet, DePaule, not also, in one. Barack yeah. Obama, they're telling the American public that the border's more secure than ever. Nothing's going on down there. And they turn right around and move agents around to relieve their stress.
1: So which is it? Is there a war going on or are we completely safe? <laughs> they talk out of both sides of their mouths like they always do.
2: Wow! Right, it's and amazing. there is a and border patrol agents will tell you this. High up, border patrol agents have testified in Congress of this. There is a very top heavy problem within the Department of Homeland Security. There are hundreds of SES level agents that are higher. That's higher than the GS fifteen. Anybody that works for the government understands the GS level, GS 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Mm -hmm. SES is higher than that. It's a presidential appointment, and an SES-level employee can, by law, make the same salary as the Speaker of the House of Representatives and or the Vice President of the United States. Washington, D.C., today, and I have been told this from... I can't name a name, but very, very, very high-level Border Patrol agent. Washington D.C. has about 500 agents, the majority of which are all GS 14, 15, and SES level agents, and they don't do anything but answer the telephone and write memos.
1: So that's a lot of chiefs and not so a they lot want of Indians.
2: More agents on the wow. border. They say we need more agents. Why do we need? 500 ex- very high level agents sitting in a cubicle in Washington DC because we don't we don't need that that's happening to one thing it bolsters the statistics and the numbers the government can say well we have 20,000 agents well 5% of them are sitting in Washington doing nothing also you have all these guys who are loyal. To the president administration and they will not speak out A very common thing among all government employees but especially border patrol i have had dozens of border patrol agents tell me i know this is a mess i know we're not doing a good job i know that this is dysfunctional i know that this is a real national security threat but hey I've got 12 years in, 8 more years, if I keep my mouth shut, I can get a retirement, I can retire in my 42 years old, draw a huge fat check the rest of my life, so I'm not about to say anything.
1: Jeez. You know, that's what's wrong with the human condition, is we're always self-serving. And it's just, it's sad when you see it at this level. You've got a lot of chiefs and not a lot of Indians, and too many chiefs sitting that close uh, to the government, in loyalty of the government. Well, your loyalty can be bought. Uh, that's my feeling. But what's interesting about about the book is it pointed out many many instances where illegals had started fires, like the Horseshoe Fire, and it was not it was said human cause, but they wouldn't say the illegals did it. And then crimes would happen, murders, uh, burglaries, but they would not come out. They refused to say that it was illegals to hide the fact that these illegals are causing crime, and they keep it on the down low so much that people actually think. That they resort to the argument of, well, they're just after a dream. No, there are a lot of illegals involved in crime. That is the one thing that Trump is right about when he's talking uh, through a lot of the rhetoric is the fact that there is something there. And, you know, of course, when somebody says something, then, of course, you're a racist immediately if you say this. But this is what's happening. And you're and you're noticing this and seeing this. And it's right in front of your eyes, Ed.
2: Right, I have game cameras hidden in a canyon north of my house seven miles uh, on the ranch in the southern end of the Chiricahua Mountains where I run cattle and I have lots and lots of pictures of Mexican cartel operatives packing huge loads of dope going north, 50, 60, 70 pound bales of marijuana walking north up through the mountains. 50% of the pictures I get on my camera, and this is common throughout southern Arizona, there's a lot of people have these cameras. But 50% of the pictures I get are illegals walking south. They've gone north, deposited their load somewhere north of here, and on their way home, they burglarize homes and murder, etc, etc. They have started upwards somewhere around 15 fires, uh, costing the government hundreds of millions of dollars to fight, the most famous of which, the Horseshoe 2 fire, there was Horseshoe number one, Horseshoe 2, burned part of my ranch up, I could sit here and watch the fire from my home. It burned up 350 square miles of the Chiricahua Mountains. It was absolutely, no doubt, started by illegal drug smugglers. And the government on that one fire alone spent over $50 million American taxpayers' money to fight it. But the government refuses to say who started. Jeez. (laughs) Another fire... The monument fire south of Sierra Vista, Arizona, in the Wachuca Mountains, mm-hmm. costs nearly the same. Here's a good picture here. Uh, right today, mm-hmm. south of Sierra Vista, Arizona, where the border goes over the southern end of the Wachuca Mountains, there are illegal aliens, as we talk, walking over the Wachuca Mountains and with loads of dope. When they descend on the northern side, they walk through a United States Army base, Fort Wachuca. They do this nightly with large packs of dope. Well, Fort Wachuca, one of its main functions, it's an intel center for the Army. Illegal outlaw dope smugglers walk within sight of buildings that house and Army intel officers are working. The Border Patrol and the Army doesn't catch them. And if you don't believe me, uh, call Mark Donald's Cochise County Sheriff. He will verify that story. It's common knowledge. Wow. (laughs) They burned up the entire Huachuca Mountain Range. The the fire started Mm -hmm. by illegal aliens right on the border.
1: I was looking at a clip that Janet Napolitano blathered on about, uh, she's an idiot, and she blathered, She just kept blathering about um, about the fact that, that you know, there aren't agents in areas where it's a little too rough for people to walk, and so of course we don't worry about those areas. And I thought, after reading your book, no, that's absolutely not true, they get through, they have scouts on on all kinds of, of rocks scouting out the areas, talking to each other by cell phone, this is so well organized organized and it's getting more fierce and more mean it's getting more violent and that's what resulted in this murder of your of your rancher friend same thing it's they will get through rough terrain is not part of this equation they'll get through rough terrain they don't care
2: Actually, the rough terrain is the where the outlaws like it the best they once they get in the mountains, the Chiricahua mountains, the Wachuca mountains, the Baba Kivari mountains, the Peloncillo mountains they own those mountain ranges. The border patrol will not go in there uh and once they get there they're home free so and the odd thing about all these mountain ranges they're all federal land. Uh, you have signs on federal land that say uh, warning to the general public uh drug smuggling and illegal activity may be found in this area. And this is the these are the places where the average American citizen considers that my land. It's the United it's our land, the people's land. This is where we can go on the Fourth of July weekend and have a wiener roast and a camp out with our kids. Yeah. And that is, those are the places the uh, the outlaws own. The Border Patrol won't go there. But the outlaws are there. So you have Clive and Bundy or the Hammonds mm-hmm. in Oregon who burned up 140 acres of tumbleweeds, and they are currently in prison. And, uh,. Their lives have been ruined, even though they're United States citizens, but you have illegal Mexican drug cartel operatives that have burned up millions of acres of federal land along the border, and the Border Patrol, or the government, refuses to admit it, and they don't stop it from happening.
1: We're going to come right back after the news break. Stay with us. Ed has agreed to stay. We're going to talk about a murder cover up that is, it's so huge it's going to blow your mind. And we're talking about how this ties into the banking debacle, the recession, also of 2008. There is so much here. This book is called Alligators in the Moat. This is Ed Ashurst. He's a rancher down on the border. Tells it like it is. Straightforward and blunt, and I love that. We'll be right back more with Ed When we return, this is The Gay Daly Show. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to tell you real quick. Look, we didn't invest in uh, T-shirts and hats. We could have. Believe me, I've come up with a slogan or two, as you could probably imagine. We have the commemorative uh, Kate Daly show coin because we wanted to put money back in your pocket, and we knew that right now, with everything going on, you would want to invest in precious metals. This is a real silver coin. It is a uh, minted after the first coin ever produced in the United States. It has a piece of history that I love, and it has the Kate Daly show on it, Be Faithful, Be Fearless. comes in a beautiful case. $99, and most of that goes to the show, but it is going to put money back in your pocket, and I do think silver's only going up. I wanted to make sure that you got something out of that, out of helping Truth and Radio we're up against a lot because shows like this don't go on for a long time because uh, corporations usually edge us out. And I don't want that to happen. Please help this show stay on the air. And you can help free speech and know that you did something to help free speech in America survive this. Radio is very important. It's a very important element because you're listening. And when people are listening, as Rush used to point out, when people are listening, they're digesting those words better than watching stuff, something on TV and watching visuals. It's a really important medium. And I want to stay here doing the show with all of my favorite co-hosts. So thank you. Go to katedalyradio.com and please pick up a few of those coins. I would really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you from the bottom of my heart.